0: Welcome to the Special Bulletin Review, an Enterprise Cloud Conversation sponsored by Oracle and Mythics. Here's today's moderator, Tom Temin. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guests today are Mark Johnson. He's the Vice President for DOD Tech and Cloud at Oracle. And Eric Benner, the Vice President of Enterprise Transformation at Mythics. Gentlemen, good to have you with us today. And let's start with the migration of cloud strategy from the earlier strategy of cloud first, when the government was fairly new at this whole idea of moving to cloud computing and that migrated to cloud smart strategies. What in your estimation is a smart cloud strategy? And maybe that includes sometimes going first with cloud. What's your take? Mark, we'll start with you.
1: Hey, thanks, Tom. Thanks for having us on. I'm excited to be here today and excited to talk to our our customers in the government who really are struggling in some cases with this cloud. I mean, we hear a lot about people that are leading out in the cloud. There's a lot of things government's doing, especially in this time, they've really jumped into it. But when you think about cloud smart, it really is about which cloud are you going to use and are you going to even use cloud? Uh, I think that's part of the new guidance, uh, relatively new guidance. And to help people think about governments have unique use cases. It's not like a commercial use case and that sometimes a on-premise makes the most sense in association with appropriate cloud services. So you can build an entire ecosystem using the cloud and using your on-premise where you control your data and your applications, perhaps a little bit more. I think that's the essence of cloud smart is this hybrid world of multi-cloud.
0: Yes, and Eric, I guess the implication is that because there are so many different possibilities of cloud providers, they're not created equal. So in some sense, you need to consider the particular qualities of the cloud vendors that you're talking to.
2: Yeah, and again, thank you for having me here today. And and you do have to absolutely address that. And that's why you get into this multi-cloud approach to cloud. Not all clouds are equal. And with the second generation clouds, it's even a larger gap. Um, the first generation clouds just don't make it easy to operate in. They make it difficult to change in the environment. Um, they don't run legacy applications as well. And, and those are a lot of limitations. And they also, also have security as well. When you get to the second generation clouds that are out there, you're looking at better security. Things like the control planes that control of the cloud are isolated from the cloud itself. It's the same standard the DoD uses to secure um, their internal networks. And it's the same philosophy that second generation clouds like Oracle have been applying and and that adds security. And and that really points to the mission and to the workload. And with this approach of the cloud smart is you pick the right environment for the workload. And sometimes that means a different cloud provider than you are today.
0: And what you say also seems to say that also you need to uh, have the right architecture in order to work with the clouds that you think are deemed best for the workload that you've got?
2: You need to have the right architecture for the cloud, but you also want to make sure you don't pick a cloud that requires you to re-architecture your application. I talk to CIOs all the time that are moving existing applications to the cloud, and often they're talking to cloud service providers that want to completely re-arch the application, and that adds a lot of expense to the project. It adds a lot of risk and uncertainty to it. So you need to be careful to pick a cloud technology that you go to that doesn't require that complete change to the environment.
0: Sure. And Mark, so how do you begin that thought process to be smart about cloud selection?
1: That's a great question. Uh, I think one of the things to think about is that you don't have to take your biggest application and figure out how you're going to move that to the cloud how what things you need to add uh, you know if you need to change anything i think we take some of the developmental or test environments uh, user acceptance environments with non-sensitive data and just start experimenting with different things in the cloud uh, especially as we talk about this multi-cloud architecture and the different technologies that are out there so you may already be in the cloud and you may be interested in looking at another one we've probably got something you can bring over there that's lightweight, small, easy to move and easy to get going. That's the great thing about cloud is you can be confident in scaling up if you're gonna need a very large environment, but start small, start with non-sensitive data so you don't have to worry about all that security and you can move fast. And then decide if you're gonna adapt, uh, You know, as you see how it works, you may change some things. That's fine, that's great, it's easy to do in cloud.
0: So it sounds like the uh, the vendors you'd want to work with then will have that flexibility to give you a small start and testing and so forth. And then uh, then it's easy to scale rapidly once you decide, yeah, this is the way we want to go.
1: That's absolutely the case. Yeah. And that's some of the great things that, uh, that we have now in the Oracle Cloud is that ability to scale, to flex, to automatically do this in many cases. So uh, functions like the autonomous database, you bring it over and it, actually figures out what you need and makes sure that you've got enough resources for the mission that you are executing.
0: And Eric, continuing on this thread of smart approach to cloud versus just simply going cloud first, who should be on that team? Who can evaluate all of the different qualities of performance and so on that the agency and the application owners and maybe the mission owners would want and expect from that particular
2: cloud? That's a really good question, because that's one of the challenges I've seen with my customers is they don't always have everyone on the team. You need to have technical people on the team. And they need to be there from the application owners that are moving to the cloud. But you also need to have business people on the team, and they need to look at the expense of the cloud and the complexity of the billing and, and the, the complexity of how you're going to have and avoid things like cost overruns, over, they are called overages in the cloud space. So you need to have the whole organization having some sort of representation there.
0: And what are some of those factors that can cause or surprising cost overruns? Is it simply the extraction of data or are there other things that people need to be smart about with respect to making sure they have control over the costs?
2: It, that's an excellent question because it varies from cloud service provider. But when you're evaluating your cloud service providers, you do need to look at your network cost. That's a huge thing. Some cloud service providers um, like Oracle only charge for data going out over the cloud over the internet. Um, other cloud providers charge for data going in and out, regardless if it's over the internet or a private connection. Other cloud providers don't only just charge for your storage, they charge for every read and write to your storage, which has a huge risk when it comes to predictability of the expense. And then also look at the other costs for the cloud providers. Some of them lock you into a configuration that you can't change. Um, some of them charge you for customer service. So you pay for charge, but then you have a separate light item and you might not even realize you had to purchase that to actually have an issue. You have to open up a tech support call and then realize you suddenly have a large expense every month just to have the privilege of doing that. So you really need to understand that total cost behind it. And that's a place we're having a partner coming in like Mythic's, because we have a lot of experience with the federal government. We also have experience with some of our challenges our customers have had, and we can kind of help point out some of the things that the different cloud service providers do to, that can cause those overages. And some of the CSPs, cloud service providers, their business model is actively looking for overages as well, um, which is a surprise.
0: Yeah, so I guess to be smart, it may sound simplistic, but you almost need to take a checklist approach in the beginning before an engagement so that you know what to expect or at least what questions to ask.
2: Yeah, you absolutely need to come in armored with questions and more than what the sales teams would normally tell you from the different CSPs. Um, Otherwise, you will end up with expenses you weren't prepared for.
1: Tom, that's a, you know, I think unexpected expense that a lot of customers run into. It's kind of like a tax on top of your cloud infrastructure is just trying to even figure out what your bill is, you know, and where all the different components are coming from in very complex environments. So, uh, you know, having a nice, simple, uh, easy to understand bill that is, you know, predictable is important.
0: All right. And uh, I want to ask you about a related issue. I guess we have to have some flexibility and almost an agile approach in going to the cloud. But the government writ large has learned in the past few years of its need for general agility, let's say, and the COVID pandemic did put a lot of pressure on agencies to do some technology upgrades and operational changes in a big hurry so that they could have continuity of operation. But we've also seen that need for agility and ability to respond rapidly to change simply in some of the many new programs that have gotten rolled out, going back to several administrations. We had Cash for Clunkers, for example, or the rollout of the American, uh, the Affordable Care Act. These caused a lot of stress. Now we have had recent and perhaps more to come Uh, appropriations for new programs related to the pandemic, and those put pressure on agencies to stand up applications and data services very rapidly. So the COVID is one, but there's been many factors leading to this. How can cloud help with that sense of being able to be agile, and how can agencies use that pathway to make sure that they can bat whatever pitches come their way? Mark?
1: Yeah, thank you, Tom. That's a good question. Uh, And it is something, as you point out, that had been on the minds of people for a long time. It's just that some of the more recent events have sped up some of those actions, right? And so, like disaster recovery, that's a very uh, simple one for most people to grasp. And it is not always there, believe it or not, not always the way, at least in the robust level they want. So a very simple way to start off and to think about that is to go to a, just a disaster recovery in the cloud, which gives you that robustness that you're talking about and and potentially even scalability for things like cash for clunkers. Um, Rapid application development has been, uh, helped a lot of agencies right now, both at the federal and state and local level, uh, the ability to roll out things like digital assistants, uh, chatbots that help people figure out on their own with plain English queries to be able to help themselves with, where am I gonna go get a vaccination? How do I get a test? What do I need to take to the test? Things like that very quickly set up and and rolled out. Um, Oracle has contributed to the vaccination passport program and uh, we very rapidly developed with some other major uh, industry uh, companies, and to roll this out such that we'll be able to track and very uh, and guarantee that the people that say they've got a vaccination has gotten a vaccination, something we rolled out internally and we've contributed to uh, to the world, actually.
0: And Eric, let me ask you about that backup question, because I guess it's presumed, but maybe it's still a basic worry of many federal practitioners. And that is, if cloud is your continuity of operations backup, are cloud providers backed up with their own continuity of operations?
2: Yeah, that's really important to look at with cloud and, and combine that with the agility because when you do a cloud service provider, you need to look at that availability. And one way I recommend customers is look at the service level agreements the cloud providers have. If your cloud provider doesn't have a service level agreement for uptime, you have an issue. But more importantly, if they don't have a service level agreement for availability of the manageability of the environment, they have an issue. If they don't have a service level agreement for performance, that's an issue because you might buy services in the cloud and you're gonna expect they perform a certain way. But if they don't perform that way and the cloud provider is not willing to stand behind it with an SLA, you need to start thinking, is that the right solution for you? And that also goes into agility in the cloud. A lot of cloud providers force you to buy the cloud how they want you to procure it. And those are often called shapes or instance types. And that's something some cloud providers force you that if you want a certain amount of memory or CPU, you can only buy your three choices. You know, you have to buy four cores and 18, 16 gig of memory as an example, but you might have an application that only needs two cores and 100 gig of memory. And a lot of cloud providers lock you in. And so in order to get those requirements, you have to often buy more than you need to buy. And that's an advantage with like Oracle second generation cloud is that you can buy exactly what you need. You have that agility. If You want three cores. You could buy three cores and three gig of memory. You could buy eight cores and 200 gig of memory. You have that, that flexibility, that agility to size it exactly to the needs of the mission. And that's another thing when you look at that agility in the cloud as well, that capability.
0: All right, on that note, we're going to take a good break here. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about how you get started in getting into the cloud. My guests today are Eric Benner. He's Vice President of Enterprise Transformation at Mythics, and Mark Johnson, the Vice President of DoD Tech and Cloud at Oracle. And I'm Tom Temmin on the special bulletin review Enterprise Cloud Conversation, sponsored by Oracle and Mythics here on Federal News Network. The opportunity for the public sector and technology industry to work together has never been greater. Join Oracle's One Federal monthly webcast series for a front row seat to learn how your federal peers and industry leaders are delivering practical, innovative solutions for today's evolving challenges. You'll learn firsthand how Oracle and its partners are changing the way industries do business, starting with an enterprise cloud without compromise. Register now for Oracle One Federal at oracle.com/onefederal. Welcome back to our special bulletin review, Enterprise Cloud Conversation, sponsored by Oracle and Mythics here on Federal News Network. My guests today are Mark Johnson, the Vice President of DOD Tech and Cloud at Oracle, and Eric Benner, the Vice President of Enterprise Transformation at Mythics. And I'm Tom Temin. And before the break, we were talking about the types of SLAs and the types of cloud considerations as federal agencies look at their cloud vendor possibilities. But let's talk upstream just a little bit here. And that is how agencies go about the decision process of getting into the cloud. How do you begin that journey? Because I think it's fair to say that as many agencies that have made the conversion already, that many are not there yet, or they might have more uh, enterprise, more critical applications yet to move. So Mark, what is the beginning of the process? How do agencies go about this?
1: I think as uh, program managers think about their particular application and how they want to move it and modernize it and keep it uh, you know, relevant to the needs of their constituents, uh, we've changed that uh, iron triangle of good, fast and cheap from that to more of a, in the cloud, it's kind of a safe or secure, fast and easy or people centric. Uh, IDC has recently written about this and how that has changed uh, the environment. And I think as program managers then look at cloud, they look at things like easy or people-centric goes back to what we were talking about in SLAs and Eric mentioned a manageability SLA. That's what makes it simple. Performance, uh, the security, that uh, the safe now part of that triangle, what makes it safe to go into the cloud It's all the built-in security. Those are the things that program managers think about and discuss as they're laying in this plan for how they're going to go to cloud.
0: And Eric, is it safe to say that uh, perhaps agency should think in terms of not just moving for cost and manageability, but also getting better performance, even though it's not your own data center that you trust and love so much, but can you think about better performance that you display and put out to your own employees and to the public?
2: Yeah, there's a lot of benefits of cloud and they're they're not just your operational benefits of, of the automation that you get. One of the things we do at Mythics is we have a process we call a CMP. It's a cloud migration process where we actually do an interview with a customer and we actually do an assessment and, and we look at their workloads and we look at how we can transform their workloads into the cloud and the benefits of it. And those benefits are down on performance. I've had a lot of customers, federal customers that have moved on-prem to the cloud And they were surprised that the cloud used fewer resources, less CPU, and ran faster than their on-prem situations. But you also get better security. You get a lot of enhanced security in the cloud. You have technologies, especially in second-generation clouds like Oracle, that'll tell you where your cloud is misconfigured for technology. And you're gaining a lot of advantages in the security space for that. You're getting advantages in disaster recovery being a lot simpler to do in cloud. And you're getting the agility. You're getting the ability to scale up, scale down your resources as your workload changes. And that's huge. And being able to dial the knob in, in Oracle's cloud does exactly the resources you need and not being forced into a, a bucket where you end up having to overbuy resources. And so those are things. And at Mythics, we often start with that CMP process for us to, to help guide customers to what's the benefit of the cloud and and what, what's the return going to be on them. Or... Ugh what the return will be for them.
0: Yeah, there used to be an ad for a suit selling chain that said our informed consumers are our best customers. And that gets to the idea of what types of skills that might be needed in the federal agency itself, the technical skills. We often hear about technical debt in the sense of what they haven't invested in on the technology side. But that can also apply to the skill side and the knowledge side. So it sounds like part of the planning before you move process involves making sure you have the right knowledge and skills on your own part so that you can best work with the best vendors, Mark.
1: Yeah, I think it depends on your architecture. Now, uh, Eric said it earlier talking about how you don't want to have to re architect completely. And so finding a cloud that embraces the technologies you have while moving you into the future, adopting things like open source, where it makes sense, uh, adopting automation technologies how and where they make sense for you such that you don't have to spend a lot of time learning new technologies or going out and trying to find people that have these new skill sets you use what you have without making it a technical debt you bring it forward and you extend it uh, in cooperation with your cloud partner right and not as a independent it's a it's very much a give and take between you and the vendor
0: and let me take that a step further, because the question that comes up with so many agencies is those legacy applications, which they often say, well, they're not architected originally for the cloud, they were programmed for a mainframe environment or whatever it might be, mini computer environments, some of them are quite old, and even though they can execute the logic in their data center, whatever machinery is in there, there seems to be a barrier to those types of applications moving to the cloud, How do we get around that, and are people getting around it?
2: Eric? Yeah, that's a great question, and we work with that every day. Um, One of the advantages of Oracle Cloud is the skill sets you have today that you're using. You're using the skill sets with Oracle Database or MySQL Database or Windows. All those transition into the cloud one for one, so you're not having to relearn new operating systems. You're not having to relearn new databases that are unique to that one cloud provider. And then you take these legacy applications because you're able to use a lot of the same technology, we're able to take that technology, move it into the cloud and gain a lot of advantages of the cloud. And when you get to the really old technology, we have a a piece of technology we use called cloud adjacent. So if you have something that is really old, like it's a mainframe and it has to stay on mainframe, we can actually make that mainframe adjacent to the cloud and be able to leverage that old legacy technology directly connected to, to the cloud and work hand in hand Um, for that migration. So you're able to reduce that technical debt of the really old technology, but when you have to keep it, you can still integrate it into the cloud.
0: Yes, because I imagine the customers need to be up to date on vendor capabilities because let's face it, people think of Oracle as a legacy company in many cases, having come from the database and application suite, mainframe environment many years ago. And when they think in terms of cloud native technologies, they might say, well, what do we need you guys for? But it sounds like there's a lot you can actually, in reality, bring to this whole equation for them.
2: There absolutely is, especially with cloud native. Believe it or not, Oracle is a huge company when it comes to open source technologies. I, I work a lot with those teams and the cloud native development team within Oracle, the Linux teams within Oracle. And believe it or not, Oracle has actually contributed more to Linux than the Linux Foundation has contributed. So there's a lot of open source happening in Oracle. And the beauty of Oracle's approach to open source is very different because they take open source that you use today, like Docker and Kubernetes. And when you use those open source technologies, you're using that same open source technology in the cloud as open source. They're not rebranding, modifying, twisting it, and turning it into a proprietary technology that locks you in. You have other cloud providers. They're taking that Docker or that Kubernetes they're modifying it, they're making a proprietary, they're charging you for the technology plus the infrastructure, so you have higher costs. And then you have vendor lock-in as well, which is really against, I think, the idea of open source and and having that cloud native um, approach to the applications.
0: And Mark, when you're thinking about what workloads I wanna move, is it safe for the agency to bring in a vendor such as Oracle and Mythics and say, well, why don't we have you help us walk through our inventory? And maybe you can help us identify what are the most likely candidates? Where can I get the best benefit by moving that workload to the cloud? And how do you go about helping them on that process? Yeah,
1: Yeah, Tom, that's absolutely uh, something we want to do. Uh, Cloud is much more collaborative as we mentioned before. Uh, It's no longer a, you know, here's the technology, you know, give you a 10 minute brief on it and good luck with that. Uh, Now it's a continuous service delivery, right? Uh, it's why we have SLAs around availability, manageability, performance, uh, because we know that our customers and ourselves are both invested in this heavily, continuously, not just a one-time thing. Uh, and so that's where we want to come in and we want to be successful together. So identifying those things that are the easier moves taking those things that like Eric was just talking about that are going to be harder to move and putting them adjacent to the cloud. You know, we can talk about the whole environment and a short-term and long-term plan to getting to where we need to be and where our customers need to be in the cloud.
0: And Eric, I just want to go back to one detail that you mentioned that Mark also mentioned, and that is putting your mainframe load adjacent to the cloud. What does that mean? Is that a logical adjacency or is it a physical adjacency?
2: It could be both. I've worked with customers where we've done physical, where the cloud actually exists in a data center. And a lot of my federal customers, they're in D.C. and they use Ashburn as an example. We'll actually put the mainframe in Ashburn in the same data center Oracle's cloud is in, and then we'll do a cross-connect over like a 10 gigabyte connection straight to it. So the mainframe is actually sitting on the cloud network. And that's what we mean by cloud adjacent. We're actually able to blend that legacy technology with the cloud seamlessly.
0: So that seems to mitigate then in favor of a continuous hybrid approach, because you can do it in a more contemporary way than maybe we thought of a few years ago. Fair, Mark?
2: It's fair to that. You still have the hybrid approach. You still have the multi-cloud in there. It's really, again, about doing the right thing for the customer, for us. It's doing the right thing for the mission and what your use case is it's no, there's really no one size fits all. So it's really best to talk to what your needs are and figure out what's, what's unique to your workload, to your agency. And then we can customize exactly the right approach for you. And that's where we do our, what we call the CMP again, because that helps drive that discussion and and helps us help you.
0: So Mark sounds like the hybrid approach is going to be with us for a while, but agencies need to have kind of some flexibility in how they approach hybrid.
1: Absolutely, uh, Tom. So the technology is constantly changing as we all know, right? And so the cloud that may have made sense just a few years ago may not be the right service that you need now. It may be that that actual functionality doesn't fit as Eric was talking about. It doesn't scale to the right amount that you need. It may be that there's an entirely new service that's been brought in that could be something you could really take advantage of, or it may be something that underneath the covers kind of, you know, below what you normally see is completely changed. Things like zero trust is relatively new, right? So as we talk about that, you look at a cloud provider that brings in the same, maybe very similar services, but built entirely on a zero trust architecture, that's a a huge change in value. And it begs, you know, an interesting conversation on, maybe we should use some of this and some of that in that hybrid cloud that you were just talking about.
0: All right, so we've got a new administration, we've got some new CIOs coming in, some new ways of looking at how government goes about this. Eric, and we'll give you 15 seconds and just tell us what's the first thing those new people should do when they seek to continue with this modernization trend.
2: I think the first thing is they're gonna do is we know they're gonna do open source and there's a lot of value there. Look at Oracle, look at the technology they do with open source and keep open source open. Don't get stuck into proprietary wrappers around open source, putting you back into a 1970s-style proprietary environment where you're locked in and you can't move.
0: All right. On that note, we will go to our thanks to our guests. Mark Johnson is the vice president of DOD Tech and Cloud at Oracle, and Eric Benner is the vice president of Enterprise Transformation at Mythics. I'm your moderator, Tom Temin. You've been listening to Federal News Network. For more on this program, please visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Oracle. Thank you for listening to the special bulletin review and Enterprise Cloud Conversation
2: sponsored by Oracle and Mythics on Federal News Network.